going to speak for a long, I promise you. Just want to say a few things just to lead us into kind of the final bit of our, our, our worship and prayer time in the sort of two-hour block, the 10 to 12 block, and then we've got hog roast. And it carries on quieter in here, as, as Tim and Hill said. Over that lunchtime period, if you want to just come and be a little bit more, then we've got the afternoon slots as we're celebrating life, giving thanks, lighting candles, remembering loved ones. Um, and it's the same kind of message I'm just sharing. And I, I said a bit about this yesterday, and it was just such a lovely time. And unashamedly, it's this word from the Lord, um, take take heart. I really feel that strongly. I don't know if you like Alice in Wonderland, the Alice in Wonderland books. You know, Alice and the Cheshire Cat have a conversation. Alice says, you know, would you please tell me which way I ought to go from here? The cat, Cheshire Cat replies, well, that depends a good deal on where you want to get to. Alice replied, I don't care much where. And the cat said, then it doesn't really matter which way you go. Does it matter where we want to be? Does it matter which way we go? Well, I, I hope it hope it does. I've got peanuts. I, I love Schultz cartoon about little calling there, you know. Ah, oh, look at that. He's found his calling. Have you found your calling patting? chickens or ducks or something like that is it, sorry is it woodstock there are three of them oh okay there you go shows what i know there you go does it matter it's a silly thing ignore that um we've been sharing words from jesus haven't we you know jesus words and i shared them already when everyone was in here a little bit but over the last few weeks building up to this point at the end of or as part of the farewell discourse, Jesus' last words to his disciples here on earth, the, the commissioning, the, the mission statement, the G up, the, 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 big team, the big team talk. We had these verses from John 10. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he's brought them all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And then another just a little bit later on, John 14, verses 15 to 16. We had these a couple of weeks ago. If you love me, says Jesus, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. So here's a slide just summing up where we've been on the journey as we've been thinking about calling in, in a new term, a September. Just uh, I think if you can find that one, it's got some summary points on it. A uh, bit of blue writing, a bit of red writing. Sorry, I probably jumped off, off piste. Jonathan, haven't I? I've gone all around the houses. Third one down, is it? There you go. Uh, yeah, we said. Yeah, Tim shared with us. Knowing God through Jesus which is all about then living in response to, not striving for. Would you love to live in response and not be striving for? Well, that's our first call. We shared that already. And then um, Hills was talking, I think it was, who said, you know, pouring our energy into listening with the help of the Holy Spirit, the advocate. And that actually begins with serving where we are. And an advocate, well, an advocate speaks on behalf of, doesn't, doesn't he or she? An advocate um, communicates message. So the Holy Spirit as advocate to us is reminding us of, of Jesus' words the whole time. That's the, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. But an advocate also defends. So an advocate is speaking, it's got this double sense, the Holy Spirit speaking and reminding us of Jesus' words. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. 
But the Holy Spirit is also our advocate in defense. Maybe in our own family circumstances. Maybe, you know, you, you are with a partner who doesn't have faith. Maybe your, um, your kids have all, you know, kind of decided that the moment they're, they're veering away. Maybe at work, maybe wherever. So I, I know the Holy Spirit is about the business this morning of reminding some of us of Jesus' words, reconnecting us with Jesus' words. And that's the, the whisper, the voice of the Holy Spirit. But I also know the Holy Spirit is about the business, as I say, of defending us. And it's the same Holy Spirit who does this work because Jesus says, I've already shown this verse once, John 16, 33. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Not may have trouble, you will have trouble. God allowed COVID. At the very least, we have to acknowledge that. We have to recognize that truth. But in that trouble, in the trouble, he's here. Take heart, says Jesus, I've overcome the world. Um, heart is mentioned about a thousand times in the Bible for, for Scripture. Heart is the center of our, our lives. It's the center of our, our being. Heart is a, is, a, is a term used by the Bible to describe a, a, you know, the whole combination of emotional and intellectual moral decision-making. In, in, in the ancient world, to be moved by the heart, and it's a way we still use it today sometimes, isn't it? To be moved by the heart is, is what motivates you. The heart, this sense of moves the rest of the body. And the heart's ability to function well in Scripture depends on the moral state of the rest of the body, the way you're living. Heart is the seat of desires can be positive or negative and of course we'll know many of us if we know our bibles maybe you don't you're so welcome but in the bible it tells us that our hearts can be hardened hardened against god and against each each other and Jesus says, take heart. And I already said when the kids were here, I wanted them to hear that sort of sense of being cheered on. Cheered on. Do you have that sense of God cheering you on? It, Jesus is literally geeing up and say, take courage. Take courage. Have heart. Do you have that sense of, of Jesus cheering you on? Uh, someone in my early days here, and don't read too much into this in, in negative tones because it really wasn't meant that way. But they said, Andrew, as probably leader here, you're feeling like you're running a marathon and it's a bit lonely. There's no crowds for the first, you know, 20 whatever number of miles. But don't worry, as you turn the final corner, there's going to be a great crowd cheering you on. I had plenty of people cheering me on from, from day one and before. But I loved that picture. It was such an encouragement to me in that moment, that sense of, of the angels, God literally cheering you on, saying, take courage. I can't, I can't help, but by the way, whenever I hear the word courage, I think of its roots, and I think, you know, courage, mon ami, courage. I kind of think in French at this moment. Do you, do, you, do you sense that? I, I love it because it's got a bit of intimacy to it. Do you sense that for God saying, you know, here now, if you're just holding on for faith or in your family or in work tomorrow or in the world as we try and walk the path that God is calling us, do you hear God kind of literally saying, courage, mon ami, my friend, 
I said yesterday there are several times in, in, in Scripture, in the Gospels, when Jesus uses this phrase, take courage. Um, in, uh, in John's Gospel, sorry, Matthew's Gospel, Matthew, Matthew 9, I said, didn't I, yesterday? And I haven't got it, sorry, to go on the screen, but you can, you can have a look. Um, who, does, who, does, who was here yesterday, was listening and alive? Uh, who does Jesus say, take courage to in, in Matthew 9? Anyone? First person was the... Good, going well so far. Everyone listened well. It's to the, the man who's paralyzed and can't take himself to be with Jesus. And he has some friends who, what do they do? Anyone alive? Let him down through the roof. I think that was what the murmur and Jesus looks at the man, and the implication in the text, Mike will tell you the correct theological thinking around this, the implication in the text, though, is that the man himself did not have faith. Or there's implications about the, the lack of his faith. But who does Jesus see faith in? The friends. And he looks that faith is absolutely evident in it. And Jesus does look at the man. He says, take courage. Your sins are forgiven. That's the first important thing. And by the way, as the hors d'oeuvre, or not the hors d'oeuvre, the dessert, get up and walk. Take courage. Are you here today, you know, and you're being carried and borne by some friends? Do you know anyone who needs to be carried and borne by friends? who needs to hear these words of Jesus, the Holy Spirit at work, take courage. Who's the second person in Matthew chapter 9? Some of you, if you've got a real Bible, might have opened it and seen. Who's the second person who Jesus says, take courage, your faith has healed you? Who does, who's the second one? Okay, you've got two options here, a bit, like, a bit like last night if you're at the comedy night. It could be male or it could be female. Okay, vote now for male. No, vote now for female. Yeah, correct. It's the woman who had um, been bleeding, had had menstrual bleeding for 12 years. There's quite a lot rightly in society talking about how Women are impacted in lots of different ways. In that culture, 12 years, ceremonially unclean, cut off and practically. And she reaches forward to touch the hem of the garment, the cloak. Anyone here today just reaching and wanting to touch, daring? You feel like you're pushing through the crowd. You feel like you'd be judged to be here. And you touch the hem of the, because you want a miracle. Do you know anyone else like that? Because Jesus says, take heart. Take heart. Another place where it happens, I said yesterday, no one was listening, but it's good stuff, is, John, uh, is Matthew 14. The disciples are on a boat in a storm. They see Jesus walking towards them. He says, take courage. It's the same root. Take courage. Take heart. They think they're seeing ghosts. There's a storm. Jesus says, take heart. 
Heart is where we make our commitments. Heart controls the mind. What we set our heart on is where we will head. And Jesus says you can take courage, take heart in me, in God, in God's character, God's promises, God's commitments to us. You can take heart, have courage. God is cheering you on. God's character, God's promises. God's actions, God's presence. Looks at a guy on a mat, needs healing. No faith for himself. Take heart. Feels a woman touch the edge of his cloak. Needs a miracle. Take heart. Sees a bunch of people in the middle of a boat in a storm. Fearful, worried. Take heart. I said at the men's event yesterday, you already have a rule of life. You already have habits which uh, guide your life. You get up in the morning, you do a cup of tea, you open a Bible, you do whatever you do, you watch the news, you read your email. You have your Friday night habits, you do the things you do to try and, you know, we all have a rule of life. We talk about this in our Trinity Church family because the bottom line is, is it, is it working? <laughs> is it helping you to be healthy? And so we give out these little leaflets and they're there for you to take at the beginning of a new season, a new chapter. What are the healthy habits that will keep God at the centre of everything? I know I was banging on about it yesterday and I'm going to keep on banging about it because if one thing we've learnt over the last 20 months is our following Jesus is rooted in our personal lives, in our homes, isn't it? So what's your rule of life? Is it working? Is it keeping God at the centre of everything? What might the Holy Spirit say to you? If you want to take heart, if you want your confidence to be in God, what would be the habits that you could follow? Reading Pete Gregg's book would be a pretty good thing to commit to, wouldn't it? As a bit of your rule of life as we look where God is going to lead us. If you don't really care much where you're heading, it doesn't really matter much which way you go. But if you want God at the centre of everything, if you want to be close to him, if you want to know the shepherd's voice, if you want the Holy Spirit as your advocate speaking into you and for you, then I urge you. And it's not just for our own health, is it, and our own well-being. Because one thing hasn't changed. Everything else has, but one thing hasn't changed. Our purpose, our why, is to serve God's mission.
and make committed followers of Jesus who change communities and change nations for him.